Bye. Oh, shit, we made her late. Welcome, Lincoln Stars fans, to another edition of Thunderstruck, the podcast. Uh, BA here, once again, joined, as always, with Gene Cotter. Gene, uh, it's been a crazy week. Crazy might be an understatement, BA. Uh, a lot of stuff going on in Omaha. I know I've been kind of referring them to other things, but I, I feel for and I worry about the, the kids up there. Um, so I'm going to refrain from, from calling them names that we've been calling them over the last couple weeks. Yeah, definitely. So I, I know we are a Lincoln Stars mainly focused podcast here, but the situation going on in Omaha is something that we cannot ignore. So I, I know we're going to spend some time talking about that. Uh, but like I said, this is Lincoln Stars podcast. We have Lucas Wallen joining us later on in the program talking about his hockey journey coming up from the NA3 all the way up to USHL, committing to a D1 uh, program there in St. Thomas. And also uh, Stars president Lori Crocker is going to join us. Yeah, it's a, a good guest list. Uh, we only ended up with one game last weekend. We only played about one period of that game. And so we'll probably spend less time talking about the Stars-Fargo game and more time worrying about uh, some of the issues at hand and then previewing this coming weekend. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, uh, we, we showed up for one period of that game and uh, came out with a 2 nothing lead or nothing, 2-0 lead early on. But after that, it uh, it kind of went to hell in a handbasket there. You know what? We outshot Fargo 15 to, I think, 6 in the first period, and then we didn't get 15 shots on goal the rest of the way. It just kind of they went listless. Um, Coach Russo talked about after the game, during the coach's comments, just kind of how things went away. Uh, it was just kind of interesting because you could see it was almost like Sato gets two goals, and God, he had two or three opportunities to get that get the Hattie. Well, one of them was like seconds after he scored his second goal, uh, but it was almost like okay, two goals. That's going to be enough to beat a team that has is on an eight game skid. And uh, Fargo just kept getting more and more confidence, and Lincoln just kind of was like, is is the clock run out yet? And pretty soon the clock ran out, and we were on the downside of a four to two. 4-2 loss. Yeah, I mean, not much more to say other than that. I mean, uh, we had a good crowd there uh, with College Night in the building. Uh, lots of college kids there having fun. Uh, just wish we could uh, pull off a victory there. 
Yeah, you know, went in a little bit with one hand tied behind our back because you had Aiden Thomas Thompson. Sorry, Aiden. Uh, Aiden Thompson, who came into the weekend like second leading scorer in the league, who missed it with, a, I believe, a shoulder injury. Um, Lobs was out with his uh, little incident there the, last weekend, uh, getting clocked in the head. So hopefully uh, nothing too serious. Hopefully they both will be back soon. And then I don't know if anybody else noticed, but Carter Shade went out later in the second period with uh, with an apparent, I think he got, you got the person got penalized for a head contact. Yeah. And so he got dinged up a little bit and wasn't able to, wasn't a, unable to come back. There was a scary moment and can't remember now. I think we were in, it must have been the second period when Umberco, Caden Umberco got rolled over and should have been a penalty. Should have been a penalty, was not. Um, but he, he, you know, that Corey was out there attending to him for quite a while. So it was, it was an interesting night, Friday night here for sure, because it started off very well and ended up not going so well. Yeah. And like I said, we only had that one game this, this past weekend with Fargo, thanks to the situation in Omaha. Um, I don't know, Gene. Why don't we just jump into an interview with uh, with Lucas Wallen? He's sitting down here joining us. Uh, we'll get Lucas on, then we'll come back and we'll talk about that Omaha situation. Sounds good. Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Come on. Bring them out, bring them out. Hey. Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out, bring them out. Hey. All right, Stars fans, it's that time of the show again where we welcome a, one of your Lincoln Stars. Today we're joined by number three, Lucas Wallen. Lucas, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we're going to cover a myriad of topics with you today, anywhere from your ping pong prowess uh, to your, your travels around junior hockey to your aspiring uh, scholarship for fishing, for a fishing scholarship at one of the Minnesota colleges. But first off, let's just start about... 15 games in, five goals, five assists, 10 points total. You guys are still second in the Western Conference. Just talk a little bit about how the season's gone for you so far. Um, I think the season's been pretty good so far for me. Um, I, my goal at the beginning of the year was to come out as a hot start, and I, I, I believe that I've kind of been accomplishing that so far. I started off first game of the season. I started as an extra forward, and now I've, I've been kind of cracking the lineup and pushing pushing to get at the top lines which has been good um the players that i'm playing with have, have definitely been a lot better than i played with in the past so the the league's really fast but it, it's been good it's a little bit of an adjustment period getting used from the na3 to the na to to where you are now yeah definitely definitely well and speaking of the guys you've been playing with and forwards i noticed that uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about last friday night's game just because pretty pretty good first 10 minutes and after that and nah, maybe not so much yeah not so much but i also it was not unrecognizable that you didn't have aiden thomas thompson who was one of the top scoring forwards in the league noah lava wasn't there so uh the injury bugs hitting you guys a little bit just talk about the impact that that's having on you right now um it's kind of like rocky's been saying in the locker room it's kind of the next man up mentality so when we had uh, when we had guys suspended, even when when Gleb was suspended with his fighting incident and stuff like that, it was it was kind of the next man up mentality. Who's going to step up and and lead the team? Sato ended up stepping up and get two goals, but we kind of folded second, third period. Couldn't end up pulling out a win. So that's interesting. We've talked about that elsewhere in the podcast today about how. It just kind of like you got two goals on the last place team, and it was like, okay, well, we can mail this one in, and then you could just see Fargo getting more and more 
I don't know. They, you could just see their body language change, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, we're in this thing. And they snapped an eight-game winning streak. Or, I'm sorry, eight-game losing streak against you guys the other night. Yeah, it's crazy what momentum will do in this league. Now, Gene and I talked about it. You know, the place was packed with college kids uh, Friday night. Um, we figured somebody probably should have dropped the gloves Friday night. Do you think that would have changed the momentum at all if somebody would have stepped up and did that? I mean, there were opportunities to, but obviously it didn't happen. I, I think it would have. To be honest, uh, fighting has been a very – some people think it shouldn't be in the game. Some people think it should. But I, I think it's it's part of the game. It's always been around, like, old-time hockey. And it it would have been a big momentum booster on our side. It would have, it would have gave us a big push, I believe. But um, I'm not the biggest fighter. I, I'd rather put the pucks in the net than drop my mitts. But – Lucas, we've, we've talked on here, too, about we're not big advocates of fighting either. Um, and you, I mean, I think you use the word we just kind of folded up there in the first period. I mean, there wasn't a lot of hitting. There wasn't a lot of whatever. And so. Um, the one big hit in that game was actually a, a boarding call. So, I mean. Yeah, which uh, I think, unfortunately, is going to result in the border not being able to to come back and play for maybe either game this weekend. But we'll, we'll get into that more, more elsewhere. Um, Speaking of last weekend, you guys came into the weekend thinking you were going to get to to play a back-to-back weekend, Fargo Friday night, Omaha on Saturday. Omaha ended up, I'm not necessarily sure what's going on up there. I don't really want to talk specifically about Omaha, but one of the big reasons that we're having you on today is you've kind of been well-traveled. You started in the NA3 with... Um, with the North Iowa Bulls, then you went and played for a couple teams in the NA. You've got 105 games total, I think, in junior hockey right now. Just talk a little bit about that journey that you have been on through junior hockey, starting with your experience in the NA3. Yeah, so uh, it's it's definitely been a big journey for me. Uh, it's been a grind. I like you said, I started in North Iowa. I was fortunate enough to to be under uh, Todd Sand in there. He's a great coach. Uh, he pulled me under his wing and kind of helped me get moved up and develop. Uh, I ended up playing a couple games. I, I think I played five games at Jamestown from about Thanksgiving time to about Christmas time. Uh, I was just an affiliate there, and then they ended up releasing me. Um, didn't have a bunch of crazy chances there to play, but I feel I, I produced as much as I could. I got about two points, five games, which – the amount I was playing was pretty good, I believe. And then I, I ended up, I was going to finish the, the season back at North Iowa. I ended up tendering early January with Kenai in the NA. And then uh, I, I was able for, I was fortunate enough to play a three and three weekend with them. And I ended up having a really good weekend down yeah, in Janesville. Three, three goals. Yeah, three weekend, goals so I mean. in three games. It was, it was a crazy weekend for me. Uh, on, a, on another note, I was uh, I was battling uh, an allergic reaction all over my body during that weekend. I was cut; my body was covered in hives, and it was a mess. But ended up getting three goals in three games, and great group of guys that they had there. I, they would have had a big run, but uh, COVID kind of ended ended their season quick. But the good news is you're not allergic to scoring goals. So yeah, that that is good. But, yeah, uh, if you go back to your your time in the NA, you know, thirty eight games, thirty two goals. I mean, you're more than a point a game player there. Yeah, it was. Uh, bat, yeah, it was good uh, in the NA three. It was I was playing with some. We had an older team there, so we had a lot of Division three players that that had looks. Some of them might have had looks at Division one while they were younger, but they kind of just gave up on 
they they were satisfied with with being division three player which is all right whatever they want to do but i've always my goal has always been to be a division one player and i have always pushed myself to to be the best so um staying out after practice whether that means shooting more pucks in the garage or stuff like that um but uh yeah our season actually got ended we were supposed to have a playoff game the day the uh covid canceled our season at north iowa so a lot of the guys kind of just ended going ho- ended up going home and it was the end of the season i haven't talked to a crazy amount of guys i still keep in touch with a couple of my good buddies on that team but it's crazy how a pandemic like that just changes everything look it's talking about changing everything i want to go a little bit into because i don't think people understand the differences between the the north american three league the north american league and then the ushl so if if i understand things correctly the north american three league which is what you played in with the north iowa bulls is something whereby you actually are paying to play for the team your parents are paying the billets that you live with x amount of dollars every month and that's what that league is. Then when you move up to the NA3, or not the NA3, the, the North American League, your parents are still interacting directly with the people you're living with, your billets, um, but you're not actually paying to play for that team. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's very accurate. I was actually fortunate enough, my, my parents were able to help me out with that and and pay pay for me to play, watch me play hockey in, at North Iowa. It was only a two-hour drive from my hometown, so they were able to pay and pay my billets as well and come watch as many games as they could. And then uh, the next year at, in Kenai, uh, we were in Minnesota for most of the year because of COVID. So I, I actually billeted at my own house. I had a couple guys stay with me, which was pretty cool. Fortunate enough to live sleep my own bed every <laughs> night, which was great. So th- we, we di- I didn't have to pay to stay at my own house, which was good. So what, when you take the step up to the United States Hockey League, what are the build the differences there between I'm now playing in the USHL as opposed to when you're, pay, when you're playing in the North American League or the NA3? Yeah, so um, the NA3, I mean, you don't find, you find a couple good players here and there that will go play in the NAL the next year, but a lot of the players were high school players that just wanted to keep playing, live out the dream, have fun. They, did, they didn't want to go do another year of school next year and then uh in the null it's 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 legit it's a lot of guys are head hunting there's big guys from canada that are just gory and just want to kill you and then you get to the ushl and everyone's like a step ahead everyone's fast everyone's mentally strong like everyone knows has really good hockey iq and just knows what the next play is going to happen so it's it's in the null it's a lot more hitting and strength i believe and then here it's a lot faster paced hockey and faster players more skilled players stuff like that there's a bit of a conundrum that goes on especially when you get to probably the north american league and the ushl whereby you have team owners who have sunk sometimes probably millions of dollars into purchasing a team and the players are all trying to maintain their amateur status um, which means you're not getting paid those kinds of things. I believe the USHL promises things like equipment and things like that. So it seems like I remember some conversation somewhere with you talking about maybe you've experienced a little bit of it. I don't want you to talk about Omaha. I just want you to talk more about some of the experiences that you've had that maybe relate to some of the things we're hearing coming out of Omaha. 
Yeah, so uh, my my rookie year in North Iowa, we got. I mean, we had we were we had a chance to get team sticks. We had to pay. I whatever. Just wasn't a crazy amount of money. We could pay seventy bucks to get a team stick, which in the North American League you can get team sticks for free, and in the USHL you can get team sticks for free as well. You can also buy. Uh, a nice stick like a, a geo or like a custom stick stuff like that probably about 200 bucks in the north american league depending on how much your gm wants to uh sell sell you it for i mean they get a a, a decent price for it but depends on how much they want to either pocket or help out the team with it as well um and then in the ushl it, it's also bumped down so i think i'm paying about 50 bucks for custom sticks here which is crazy for me i mean sticks are usually 300 bucks a piece which is absurd no when you mention like team sticks you're not talking them they're they're good sticks they're not the you know the hundred dollar sticks you're gonna go up, up over to shields or the dick sporting goods and buy off the shelf yeah they're they're pretty good sticks you can probably buy them for 200 bucks in the store they're not your your top end sticks but they'll get the job done they're they you can slash someone and they won't break that's for sure so billets obviously play a, a big role. That's one of the things as a billet myself that I've been kind of worried about. Um, I, we actually, some of our billets have reached out to the Omaha billets and just said, hey, if you need anything, please let us know. But just talk about the role. I know last year you said you were able to stay at home for part of your season, but you've also lived with billets. You're living with billets here in town. Talk a little bit about the role that billets play off the ice when things go down that maybe aren't. When things when the going gets tough, talk about the role that billets play. Um, it's actually a big behind the scenes thing that people don't actually see. Billets are a crazy big role, um, whether it's putting food on the table or whether it's giving you a nice bed at home. Just, I mean, when I when I we actually finally ended up getting to Kenai last year, I had one of the most comfy beds I've ever had in my entire life, and I had probably a goal a game in Kenai. Like it, it makes a big impact. You get really good sleep. You can, I mean, I was fed really good food. There's always food in the fridge. Um, the worst thing is, I mean, I know it's tough for billets when they, when they're stuck at work or something like that and they can't really get you a meal, but it's always great to have, whether it's chicken or just some kind of leftovers, chicken and rice is always perfect for a hockey player. Whether it's some kind of leftovers that's just in the fridge when you can warm up when you get home from practice. I mean, we're all growing players and we need to get bigger. So eating as much food as possible is always the greatest for us. What about the emotional support you get there? And by the way, before I go on to that, hey, Michelle, did you hear that? He needs a really comfortable bed for a goal a game scoring. So, yeah, we need that here. <laughs> yep, yep. So, but just talk about the emotional support, the family, the family away from family aspect and just the, how that plays into the overall success. Um, well, I've, I've had four different billets i believe and i've kept in touch with every single one of them it's like they they want you to be part of their family um i've actually had uh my billets lisa factor from my rookie year in north iowa she drove down and came to the waterloo game i believe so i was able to see her and i mean i still keep in touch with their whole family they had young young kids that i used to play knee hockey with in the basement like you put a big role in in on us and we put a big impact on on those kids that we're taking care of and stuff like that but no i mean thanksgiving's coming up on thursday i'm gonna be eating a, a family holiday meal with my host family so it's gonna be it's gonna be cool 
to meet everyone in the family and be taken under uh, Michelle's wing. So it should be good. It's funny you mentioned that because we had a coach, uh, Matt Brunito. He's a Des Moines assistant coach, but he played here what, eight years ago or something like that. And even after the game, he was sitting in the hallway talking with the Johnsons, his host family, for the longest time. Who were at his wedding this year. Yeah. I actually was at the wedding at the wedding of one of the guys who used to live at my house up in Buffalo over the summer. So uh, I think it's as big for for the Billet families as it is for the players. But I just felt it was important to talk about how when people are hearing about things that are going on up in Omaha, that there is at least emotional support and there's good, someone to talk to and good, safe places to stay and food and, and whatever else Definitely. going on. So in case anybody was worried about that. All right. So let's move on to some other topics. First off, congratulations on the commit to St. Thomas. Thank you very much. Um, people can't see this, but Lucas is flying a skate for change beanie today. Tell it's, us a little bit about it. It's because he's freezing right now. Well, yeah. that is. He just got to have an ice bath, and the ice box isn't exactly a great place to warm up. We, but we, it's the ice box for a reason. Yeah, yeah it, it is. is. So um, anyway, talk about talk about Skate for Change, what that is, and, and how the Lincoln Stars were involved in it. Yeah, so uh, our boosters actually get us really involved with a lot of fan-based stuff and stuff like that. So we actually we went to this cool little barn that just got built not too long ago. It's downtown. Um, we helped... Uh, we help put socks in in uh, cardboard boxes, stuff like that, that we can ship out. And it was kind of like a, a sock socktober kind of thing that we were shipping. Um, but the the big thing is, it's uh, it's called Skate for Change because it's uh, it's meant for kids with special needs or Down syndrome that can just find a, a place to if the, if they want to go skateboard or rollerblade or scooter around, they can just go there. It's and just be themselves, have fun. Um, but we were, we were there packing up hats and t-shirts, socks to go donate to these kids that, that are in need and, and can't afford it. Um, but they ended up giving a couple hats out to some of the guys and I was fortunate enough to get one. I don't know that people really understand how much and how involved the Lincoln stars are in the community. I know Saturday night, you guys were out here on what turned out to be your off night skating with the boy scouts. I think they had a lock, what they call lock in here. They spent the night here. Um, you had the ping pong turn. We're going to talk about your ping pong prowess here. You had in a bingo bit. yesterday. Yep. Bingo. Bingo Just, was yesterday. Uh, and I can tell you that of the 10, 12, 15 players that have stayed at my house, I have never had a single player go, oh my God, I got to go do this other community activity thing. How important is that to members of the team to be able to, to be involved with the fan base and just the community in that way? No, it's great. Uh, what people don't see is it's almost like a, a little team bonding for us as well. You get the all the guys going to skate with the the Cub Scouts on the ice, and we're having a blast out there. You're teaching you're teaching kids that don't know how to skate, barely to none, and you're you're holding their hand and helping them stay up. It's it's fun. You're you're out with the guys and you're cracking jokes. It's it's a blast. But uh, end of the day, it's it's kind of what we need to to help build a championship team. Let's jump into ping pong. I, I hear you're a, you're a one hell of a ping pong player. Yeah, you you. I'm not trying to pump my tires, but yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> so last week we we I believe we had Daltz on, and he was in between. I think something related to the community, and then going to the ping pong tournament. And Joey Pierce, who lives at my house talked about how badly you cheated in the championship game to beat he and his part. Okay, he didn't say that at all. He actually said you're a heck of a ping pong. So I don't suppose that you get to be a good ping pong player by, by accident. 
No, uh, practice makes perfect. Uh, I actually have a, I was fortunate enough to get a ping pong table probably, whatever, six years ago back at my uh, house back home for Christmas. Uh, me and my brother would, once we got home from school, we would play, go straight down to the basement and play probably four hours of ping pong until dinner. And once dinner was done, we'd clean up our dishes and then we'd go straight back downstairs in the basement and play more ping pong. And it was to the point where uh, I would I got so good playing on my right hand that no one in my family wanted to play me anymore. And so I, I, try, I learned how to practice and play with my left hand. And then I kind of got so good with my left, no one wanted to play me anymore again. So it was kind of a, a lose-lose, win, whatever way you want to call it. But um, now, now I can show off my ping pong skills, all my friends and the practice made perfect. That's for sure. I don't know. I have the vision of like Olympic uh, ping pong tournament going on in your basement with between you and your brother right now kind of like the, the forest gump scene there was a lot of broken paddles a lot of holes in the walls and broken balls that's for sure we took a poll i don't know if it was a poll but he and i talked about who was going to be the first person to throw the paddle last week who was who was the first person to let fly with the paddle i don't know if we had any really paddle throwers we had a lot of guys yelling at their teammates which was pretty funny thompson was giving jerky it for sure and that's the reason they lost. <laughs> Nobody was flipping <laughs> tables over. No, not not that bad. Gotcha. Well, the next thing, I was thinking Forrest Gump as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I just see that scene just going back and forth. Yeah, I, back home I actually had a table I could flip up and I could play by myself if my brother wasn't home or he's at a buddy's house or something. So the, the key here is if anybody needs a ping pong tournament on, or a partner on this team, they're picking you, right? Yeah. You're, you're the first overall pick. Yep. Right on. Uh, and I also see him like with the paddle duct taped to his forehead or something just to, <laughs> to kind of handicap it a little bit. Okay, so something else we talked about is understand that maybe hockey wasn't your only opportunity or maybe your only choice as far as, as going to college on a scholarly with. Tell us a little bit about your aspirations to be a, a college fisherman. Yeah, so uh, it was actually out of high school. Uh, I went to... I got drafted by Topeka in the North American League, and I went to their, their main camp, and I ended up getting uh, hit from behind. I separated my shoulder. It, it, was, it was pretty bad, uh, torn AC joints, stuff like that. And I, I kind of sat down with my dad and was, like, um, thinking about maybe just going to, just going to school. Um, there was a couple different options that I thought about uh, just to go going to school. I was looking into engineering. Um, I actually thought about going to Bemidji State, and they had a they have a pretty cool fishing team there. I thought about just going to fish for fun there, and they have a pretty competitive team. That would have been fun, but they didn't have engineering, so so it was a little tough for me to, to go there. And then my dad kind of talked me into and was fortunate enough to pay for me to play in the NA3, and that's kind of how the road went. Now, going back to this fishing thing, this must be a Minnesota thing because uh, we don't have a Husker fishing oh, team here. Oh, yes, we do. Do, do we really? Absolutely. We is do. it a club team? Because I've club. never heard of this. Yeah, it's a club team here, but I know that other places it's actually, I mean, it's big time boats decked out in the team colors yep. and uniforms. You get and full uniforms, you get boats, you get rods, all that kind of stuff. All your baits well, pay I'll for be damned. it. Yep. That, that's news to me. <laughs> yep. If only I had known back when I went to school what I know now. Um, I always I always tell people that you guys get a lot of practice ice fishing because what they don't know is when you're not skating on the ice you're fishing on the on the ice at the ice yeah I got, I got a pretty cool setup we just ended up actually buying a little lake cabin house whatever you want to call it it's about 45 minutes from my place back home so I, i'll i'll buzz up there uh 
in my in my truck during the winter and I'll shovel off a, a rink in on the pond or on the lake and I'll set up some tip-ups which I, whoever doesn't know if the fans don't know what tip-ups are the you cut a hole in the ice you put the line in the water and then once the fish takes the line the flag pops up so then you uh I'll be skating around, shooting pucks on the on the lake, and then once a flag pops up, I'll skate over the flag and go catch a fish. It's funny he mentions the tip-ups because I know this because I found this uh, this channel on YouTube. It's another Minnesota kid. It's a uh, Mav something or another where he just okay. drives around in his truck, uh, camps out at all these on these lakes and all this sort of stuff, and he does a lot of ice fishing, outdoor stuff in Minnesota. So I knew about that. So I'm not as dumb as I think <laughs> you guys think I might be. The good news is, is you get to fish and you get to work on your game all at the same time. Oh, definitely. And it's so exciting. You're, you're out there with your buddies. Uh, I actually was fortunate enough to, to bring a couple of my Kenai teammates out there to my lake house last year. And we were playing one-on-one-on-one. -on -one -on -one, and then you see a flag pop up. We're like, oh, let's go. We're all skating over to the, to the hole and end up catching a pretty big northern pike. It's, it's awesome. What's the biggest fish you pulled through the ice? Um, to be honest, I'm not a crazy big ice fisherman as as much as my siblings are um my oldest brother and my dad are are big on ice fishing but uh i'm a big open water fish kind of guy uh, i like to fish for bass uh largemouth bass smallmouth bass northern pike stuff like that i've never caught a muskie but i'm i'm looking into that one there's a little lake up here just on the north side of it's about an hour drive from here lake wanahu up north of wahoo that maybe i'll have to go check that out so what's the biggest if you haven't had a chance to pull a big one through the ice what's the biggest one you've caught in the open water weight or length length well let's go both what's the what's the biggest um, weight wise biggest length wise probably about five to six pound bass um and then i also have about a two and a half pound crappie Ooh. That, uh, that one's mounted in my room back home. And then I don't know about length, probably some pike that I've caught. Maybe you should just put your arms up and we'll let yeah. people imagine how just, long it is. Just something crazy. <laughs> so what's, what's that? I mean, we, we talked about food and hockey players. What's, what's your go-to meal on, on, out on the lake? Out on the lake, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big uh, burger guy. Burger or brat. Love to have that on the ice, uh, something warm. I mean, you're always eating sunflower seeds out on the ice or stuff like that or bag of Doritos. So you're not, you're not filleting your, your uh, freshly caught fish out there and cooking it up there on the lake? Um, yeah, you will, but it, you got to catch the fish before you, can, <laughs> before you can eat the fish. You put it on a stick and just hold it over the fire. There you go. Well, Lucas, I uh, just talk a little bit about your commitment to St. Thomas. Dream come true? Um, yeah, uh, I actually didn't know a crazy amount. I mean, St. Thomas just kind of came to my eye. I mean, Leyland ended up committing to St. Thomas early in the year. And, uh, I mean, St. Thomas is close to home for me, which is good. Uh, kind of give back to my parents a little bit, and they can come see me play more hockey, which will be great. I mean, I love having family to the games. I got a lot of family back in Minnesota. Um, I, I had a couple different choices that I could have picked. Uh, I believe St. Thomas with uh, Rico Belazzi there. He's, he's set up championship teams in, in his past at Miami, and I believe he, he'll be able to do it again at St. Thomas. So um, I know that St. Thomas has unbelievable uh, academics, and, and they have what I want to go into, which, which is great. Um, some of the other schools that I was looking at had uh, didn't really have what I wanted to go into, so... Um, I believe St. Thomas. I mean, the, looking at the standings now, they might not be the greatest team this year, but 
in the future, I, I believe they're going to be a really good team. Hey, not everybody gets to start where like Vegas started a few years ago. Yeah. In the inaugural season, take home the cup. I mean, you look, yeah, at, look at Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so right before we let you go, um, we got two big games coming up this weekend, both on the road. Uh, we head up to Sioux Falls on Friday, and you get to experience your first uh, Lincoln-Omaha uh, rivalry game. What, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Um, I'm excited about it, actually. Uh, I'm really excited about the Omaha game. I'm, I'm glad we're able to play. I've heard a lot of good and bad things about their fan base. I, I really like when the opponent's fans are, are jawing at you. It really gets you into the game. But I, I've heard the Omaha fans are really crazy. And uh, Sioux Falls has a really good rink as well. All right, Lucas Wallen, thank you very much. Let's go, let's go get four more points. Let's get back on the winning, the winning ways this weekend. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. You know, Brandon, talking to Lucas there, and I mentioned this during the interview, it's, it's an interesting situation when you're talking about a USHL team uh, and, and an ownership. And, I mean, I get it. I wouldn't buy a team and not need to at least break even on it. Uh, that's something that the USHL talks about. I can tell you that if you look around the icebox, you can see that improvements are being made around here. Uh, the kids are much happier if you go see them interacting with each other. They're equipped, so on and so forth. But I can tell you it hasn't always been that way. Having been a billet for eight years, I know that there's been some tough times even around here where maybe maybe equipment didn't get, wasn't made as readily available. Some of the things that we're hearing out, uh, out of Omaha uh, just, you know, I, I worry about how widespread that that might be, especially on the heels of a global pandemic where if you look around, if you're, if you're part of the USHL discussion board on Facebook, they're talking a lot about the attendance at games. And it used to be three, four, 5,000 people at every game. And yeah, it didn't matter what arena you were at. There was, you know, a good crowd at every, every building in the, in the, in the league. And now they're getting... 2,500 on, on a good night. Yeah, and most of them are averaging a, a little over to a little under 1,000. And so, you know, at some point, that conundrum where you're trying to decide about how do I make this whole thing work without having to shut operations down because I have no money. So I can just hope. I know they're talking about safe sport investigations and everything else up there, which involved, you know, uh, players walked out. Sounds like maybe they're going to start up based on a USHL statement from last night. They started up hockey operations again this week, so we should be able to go up there and play on Saturday the way things stand today. Yeah, let's let's just kind of fill everybody in in case they've been living under a rock this past week. Um, on Thursday, uh, Brad Schlossman kind of reported it out on Twitter that there was a situation going on in Omaha where they fired their head coach. Um, uh, I can't think of his name, Cassidy. I don't remember his first Chad, name. Chad, Chad Cassidy. Cassidy, yes. Fired Chad Cassidy, and I guess they fired him the week before, but they didn't have enough certified coaches, USA Hockey certified coaches to coach, and they asked him to come back and coach that weekend, which he did. I, and I, I, get the, I get coming back. I mean, you, you made a commitment to these players. Uh, you're, you're, you're holding up your end of the commitment, other than it sounds like the team did not hold up their commitment. Um, so they released him again, and then once the players caught wind of it, they kind of stated a, a boycott, and I guess the situation is going on where I guess certain, certain things that should be paid for are not being paid for. It sounds like some players have to buy their own equipment. And, you know, like Lucas said, I mean, yeah, Lucas is buying his own sticks, but he's getting them at a discount here. So it's not like... Well, and, and some sticks are being made available to him. Yeah. If he if he chooses to go something outside of those, yeah, items that he are being has made he has stuff that's available to him um, at free of cost. 
And then if he wants something different, yeah, you, you, you shell out a little bit of money for it. Um, but it's not like he has to go out and pay retail for $300 sticks every time he breaks one. Right. Yeah. And I don't even know. Someday we're going to have Corey on here and he's going to talk about just how many sticks that. that I couldn't imagine how many sticks go through. Yeah. I bet it's, I bet it's 15, 20 each. So yeah. I mean, if you think about that, you're talking about a $100,000 budget just for sticks during the course of a year. So with that situation going on after that, it sounded like the uh, remaining coaching staff of the Lancers walked out and resigned. With the players. With the players. Then the league kind of stepped in, and it sounds like things are turning around a little bit. Um, they resumed, resumed hockey operations today. Uh, they ended up postponing um, all of Omaha's three games last week. That's why we did not play Saturday night. Um, sounds like we will play them again, uh, play them for the first time this year coming, coming up Saturday. So hopefully they get all things turned around. It just seems like just kind of one of those situations where the owner's trying to cut some money here and there and it might, he just might be cutting it in the wrong spots. And you know what happens when that happens is when the money starts getting tight, then people start getting stressed and worrying about their own jobs and probably start doing things and behaving in ways that they really don't maybe hopefully don't normally act and so then it just kind of snowballs on you i've reached out to a couple of people um that, that know more about the situation than you both you and i do um it sounds like chris peters is he's one of the reporters that have been active on twitter with the whole situation once he gets more of the story out there he's more than willing to come on so maybe in the next week or so we might have him on and he can fill us in a little bit more of the the actual situation that's going on there. We also have calls out to Brad Slossman from the, what is it, the Grand Forks Herald yep. or something along those lines. And so hopefully he'll come on and help fill us in as well. But, but both it, of those guys are good follows on Twitter if you're trying to figure out what's going on up in Omaha. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's just one of those things that we can't over um, kind of speculate of what is going on. And those two are by far the most qualified people that I know out there to follow and, and find out actual information. You know, B.A., just to get a little more insight into what it takes financially to run the business side of a hockey operation, as you said earlier, we have uh, an appointment scheduled with STARS President Lori Crocker. So how about we talk to her now and just get some insight into that? Yeah, that sounds good. Let's, uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with Lori. All right, Stars fans, joining us now is not, uh, not the only female president in the league, uh, besides what Ms. Keegan has to say about that. Lori Crocker is joining us on the program, the president of the Lincoln Stars. Lori, how are you doing today? Good. How are you guys? Not too bad. Uh, by the way, Brandon, not only is she not the only, she was the first. Yeah, the very what first. what Muskegon tweeted out earlier this year. So, Lori. Yeah. Um, Really want to talk to you today about, today is kind of a, there wasn't, you know, the game on Friday night wasn't much to talk about after about the first 10, 12 minutes. So we thought that this right. would be a good opportunity to talk a little bit about behind the scenes stuff that goes on uh, with the junior hockey team. So as the president, um, what, what, all, what does being a president of a USHL team mean? Um, well, I mean, it can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different teams because, the role is a little different in um, across the league just because, you know, we run our whole entire venue. So we have everything down to renting the venue, um, the hockey games, and then also um, 
concessions and then everything else that we have into the icebox. Well, um, like other teams don't necessarily run all things. Like, you know, Omaha plays at Ralston, so they don't run the concessions and that kind of stuff. So I don't think there's very many teams actually that run the whole thing. So um, basically for me, I just have to oversee all things, all departments, um, tickets, sponsors, concession stands, staffing, all the things. So, there's, so I have fingers in a little bit of everything. There, There is basically a hockey side of the house and an operation side of the house, correct? Correct. And you run the operation side of the house. Correct. I try to stay out of the hockey team or the team would probably be a, it would have been like, you know, 20 to zero loss if I was running the hockey. Well, we, we know if you were running the hockey team, there would have been a lot of fights though. I know that there for a fact. There would a lot of fights. Um, there would have been a lot of fights if I had, you know, anything to say about it, but you know, we'd can't also, do that. We'd also have tater tots in the penalty box, I think. Exactly. Especially, you know, the Gene Cotter pocket snack of, of the game. Last week it was raisins, <laughs> and I may have actually had a player take me up on the Gene Cotter pocket snack of the game last they week. They took raisins? Well, you know, I had lollipops, and I had uh, raisins, and I had some chocolate fruitcake in there. And uh, the good news was is that it was like, well, I'm not sure which is going to help me play the best when I get back out there. So Apparently none of it happened because we went to shit on after the <laughs> first period. There's the first well, bleep I mean, of the season. Well, I mean, maybe you could have just thrown that fruitcake on the ice and maybe, like, smack somebody in the head with it or something. I kept trying to give it to the refs. He wouldn't do it? Nope. Nope, neither one of them. I wish the refs would have taken uh, Dave's uh, uh, pepper jerky. Yep. That would have been a nice one. I'm glad they didn't because I got, I got to end up with all the ghost pepper beef jerky after the game. Well, it's too bad I wasn't working the box that night. I could have took, you know, when I have to throw the pucks over the glass, you know, throw it clear across the ice. Like I just, I always want to do. <laughs> I come, I always want to do that too. I want to have the, have the ref just, run like a, some sort of a route. I kind of just want to do it. Like when they stand there and look at me, I want to throw it in the opposite direction just for fun, but that'd probably be a bad idea. So, you know, it was interesting the other night, one of the linesmen was the cousin of the first Lincoln star that ever stayed at my house. I know. <laughs> Riveting information, right? <laughs> Riveting. Yeah. All right. So let's get back to talking about okay. your job, Lori. I think that some of the things that I want to clarify today is, um, you know, a few years ago, we had this, this thing that we called all you can eat hockey, which didn't exactly work all that way. And I don't mean to pick, pick a bad. I liked it. <laughs> well, I, I ate well during the games. But, but I guess kind of where I'm going with that is I know I think I saw something on Facebook last week where fans are saying, hey, you know, why can't we have brats and why can't we have this and why can't we? It's not just as easy as that, right? No, it's not. Well, and if you were an owner trying to stay running and you saw all you can eat numbers, you would never want to do that oh, again. I, I assume it was a massive <laughs> failure, but. Like I said, yeah, I ate well during the game, so I didn't mind the it. The quality of trying to like make that much food, that's just in because of the amount of food, you know, you have to buy the lesser quality of like hamburgers and whatever you have to buy so much. I couldn't even imagine now with number one inventory right now, trying to get items for concessions. I I can't even explain like the the nightmare of poor Allison trying to get stuff ordered for concessions. So if if fans only knew the the trauma that we've had to go through to try to get items just to even have food in the concession stands, 
maybe they wouldn't um, complain about anything in there because it's it's really tough. I've had to add like four extra vendors from all over, from Kansas for wherever, just trying to get in, like just trying to even get popcorn so we can have it. That's always so, that's always guesswork, right? I mean, I know well, that you have a general idea of how many fans that you're going to have. Like last week, you knew that you yeah. had a little over two thousand people here, and they were going to be two dollar hot dog eaters. In the, in, but still, guessing how many two dollar hot dogs you're going to sell is 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 not exactly a math problem that you can work out, right? No, there's no there's no formula to it. Um, I mean, after a couple of years of it, we kind of have it down, and we kind of know where we need to be. And, and did run out of hot dogs um, actually on Friday night because it was just wild. And we, you know, we look at like what our highest, like our two dollar hot dog night was like last year. We're like, okay, we have like two hundred more. We should be fine, right? Well, boy, those kids were just must have been buying ten at a time. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they I- were you know, that's for sure. But you know, it's okay once in a while to like. I've been to plenty of places where you're they're at the getting towards the end of the the event. It's they're out. We just run out. It happens. And it happens, and uh, like I said, it's a real struggle right now to to get stuff. Um, the supply chain is just insane. The cost of everything has doubled. Trying to get anything, you can't get it shipped. You order it from one place one week, and then you try to get it again the next. You can't get it. And then obviously it's food. So we can't just stockpile a ton of food. We have to order it each week so it's fresh. So Wait, you mean there's the hot- a, it, Go ahead, sorry. So it's just, you know, it's just not um, easy as just uh, ordering up some hot dogs and voila, we have a game. Just, so. just wait till we get all the hot dogs that are hanging out in the shipping containers off the coast of California here in about February. Right. Well, at least with us, we use Fairberry. So at least they're local. So we have not had a problem with hot dogs. Yeah. Our our hot dogs are made right down the road. So yeah, I shouldn't say that because now next week, Allison will be like, Hey, Lori, um, we can't get hot dogs, but (laughs) that's why our menu this year says subject to change at any time, because you know, there, there could be some weeks we just may not have items Uh, and that's totally out of our control. Lori, when you talk about subject to change, you also have like Toppers is the pizza provider and is Freddie still yeah, the, Freddy's the, the burgers? burgers. And um, so you, you, it's kind of incumbent upon them to be able to get the stuff that they need too. Right. Uh, and when you talk about supply and demand, I'm not a big economics guy, but if there's a demand and the supply is waning, then that means you're going to pay more. And I don't necessarily see inflation reflected in the price of the concessions around the icebox. Am I you seeing know, things? No, I mean, we've had to slightly increase some things and we probably are going to need to increase pricing at some point. Um, but we're really doing our best to keep the cost down, to keep it affordable for everybody. But, you know, it's at some point it's just going to have to happen. And even with us increasing the price of some things, um, it's, we are still so much cheaper than anyone else. So it, it kind of baffles me when someone says, I can't believe the price of this. And I just kind of want to respond with, I can't believe you're complaining about the price of this because I can go to Omaha and I get a half, half of the size of a drink that we get you get a 24 ounce drink here for eight bucks. Well, I'm getting half of that for 10 anywhere. 
Yeah, I, I to, I've been to a con- sorry, I've been to a concert in Omaha where you know we have eight dollar drinks here or whatever. I spent eight dollars on a bottle of water up there at a concert. It's and there's no alcohol right. in it. Right. So it's there's it any concert anywhere you go, it's just ridiculous. So I feel like we have done a really good job at keeping our prices down. Um, but you know, it is they're going to have to increase obviously because just everything has the the cost of things for us has been ridiculous this year but we're you know doing our best to keep it as low as we can plus you know season ticket holders get their discount on top of it too so that kind of helps get their cost down a little bit there so there's some perks and believe me we don't we don't want to have to do this but we do have to if they want to keep having hockey we do have to pay the bills so when you talk about paying the bills too that also I mean, I'm looking around the hallway. We're sitting out here in the in the east hall of the icebox, and I'm looking at all the advertisement around here, and that's something that, you know, I don't believe that Imperium Brewing Company works for Anheuser-Busch. In other words, I'd say that just simply because you're also kind of beholden to the people that are investing in the Lincoln Stars on what you're able to provide back to the fan. So I, I need to give, oh, the the blue line ale, or um, I'm probably using the wrong word. I'm looking around here trying to find it's a it. Power play, power, power play lager. Is one is uh, that's Kincader. Yeah, and um, then the blue yeah. line one, Imperium, I believe. Right. So that I mean, so that also kind of impacts. Um, it's it's a good thing for the stars. Um, but it also impacts your ability if somebody wants a Bush Light or an Old Milwaukee or or something like that, right? Correct. There's a there's a lot more to it from behind the scenes on that aspect, and I'm not going to get into the details on that. But we obviously, as you can see around the arena, we do need sponsorships, which is another part of our survival, right? We need ticket sales, we need people to buy concessions, and we need sponsorships. Um, that's how we we keep going. So. Um, obviously, you know, a big thing for us is if, if we're partnering with you, you partner with us, you know what I mean? I pat your back, you pat mine kind of thing. So not, it's not just about money. It's also just partnerships. So everything we do isn't just like an agreement or a contract. We call it a partnership. So we're obviously partnering with local breweries this year. We're helping, you know what I mean? We're helping out our local people and they're helping us out. So you know, you have to remember when I'm partnering with someone, I can't just be like, oh, I'm just going to bring, you know, Bush Light in and they're not partnering with, them. you know what I mean? Well, that kind of helps limit, eliminate, as you said, Fairberry brand hot dogs. If it's Kincader, if it's Empyrean, it also kind of helps eliminate some of the supply supply chain issues that you experience. Right. And, you know, there's things I've had people say, how come you don't have this hot dog or this or that? Well. Fairberry is a partner of ours and there's, you know, there's terms in our agreement and we have to fulfill the term of the agreement. You know what I mean? So we have to fulfill all those assets and that's, you know, why we do the things we do. So it's not as just easy as just getting this in or that in because we may not be able to because of an agreement. So like Freddy's, you know, like Toppers, we can't bring another, sell another pizza. Sure. Um, Lori, what's the biggest thing? The biggest thing that you get to deal with on game night? What what is the what is the number one 
concern that fran that fans bring to you and say hey this is going on i know that you've brought back the please stop while the puck is in play signs this year i think i continue to hear people grumble about that a little bit but brought back the off uh, duty state patrol guys for uh, security which is a big big sure. plus here the good news is the way the team's been playing the crowds have been getting bigger and so i bring that question up only because as you start getting closer to 4500 people in this building um, what do you need people to just kind of keep in mind when it comes time to rub elbows with 4500 your closest friends and pack concourses and in concession lines etc i'm just kind of laughing because i'm like how much time do you have um but it's yes we we brought back the um State patrol, so that's that's good. But you know, there's always people who have issues with authority. So it's like I'm, not, I'm I I have to learn to know that I cannot please everyone ever. And if I've learned anything in my time here, I've definitely learned that. Um, but you know, I know we've had a couple difficult years. Everybody has, even personally in life. We you know, COVID, all the things. And I don't want to talk about COVID. Um, so it's you know the world is a little, you know, whatever word you want to put in there. Crazy. And, uh, so, you know, the biggest thing is, I guess I would say it, it'd be nice if a lot more people would just be a little bit more respectful. You have to understand when we have a lot of people in there, we do what we can, but you know, when we have, even with eight security guards, we have stop sign holders, our stop sign holders, you know, our youth groups this year. Um, again, and, and staffing is a whole nother, you know, struggle these days. So, um, I can't expect a volunteer youth group either to become security. If, if someone's being obnoxious and saying, you know, F you, I don't care. And I, and go walk through anyway, I recommend that they don't interfere and stop and you know what I mean? Cause any conflict with them. Um, so I'm like, you always have to go get security, help you do those kind of things. So, you know, a big thing with people would just be respectful of the signs and, and of the play and of the game. Um, if you go to a lot of other games, away games, a lot of people don't have the pucks in play and the people standing there. I know Omaha, I think does, but a lot of other places don't. I've gone to many, many away games and people just walk all the time. So I think our fans have just kind of gotten used to when there was 4,000 people and they were sitting in there just watching the game and they weren't walking, but we live in a different world. We have new people and you have to realize the amount of season ticket holders versus the people that are just single game buyers. They're just there for the one night to have a good time. They don't understand. You know what I mean? Sure. The hockey rules. And we announce it and do all the things, but you know, it's loud and people are there and you're in and out and so it's, it's been really tough the last couple of years because everyone just really likes to complain about everyone else um, instead of just kind of maybe focusing on a way to like to help out or be more respectful. So it's, it's a struggle every night. And I know Friday night, look, I was the complaint department all night. I didn't even get to watch the game. College kids were having a good time. So they weren't complaining. They were having fun. And, you know, I, I understand they probably did get obnoxious, but we have to realize also with there's 3000 people in that building and everyone's an adult, I cannot control everyone's behavior. So they have responsible for themselves at some point. What I think people really, really need to realize is your version of a good time is different than my version of a good time. And just because it's different doesn't mean it's bad. Exactly. Yeah. Just everybody be respectful of one another. Okay. So, 
earlier today when Brandon and I were talking, uh, he was he was very hopeful, as was his daughter Jordan, that you know Saturday night was supposed to be Princess Night, and Brandon had his tiara all picked out. I did. And, I had my dress ready to go yep, and everything. Yep, and we didn't get to do that. I know that game was declared a no contest, which means it will be rescheduled. With Correct. that, will Tierra night be rescheduled as well? Absolutely. Um, so we want everyone to keep their tickets. We are still kind of waiting. Um, obviously, everyone has, you know, read about whatever's going on in Omaha, and I'm not going to comment on any of that. But um, we will be rescheduling the game, but obviously they have a lot of things to work out. So I don't know when we'll be able to work out an agreement on a rescheduled date. Um, so obviously as soon, I would imagine with the holiday this week, it'll probably be um, after Thanksgiving and maybe we can get that all locked in. So depending on when that date is, we may just make princess night that actual day. If that works out. Um, otherwise we will kind of rearrange some of our other promotions um, and change it into princess night and reuse that. So, cause we have pink pucks um, we had the princesses are coming and we had double the amount of princesses this year. So we definitely want to have it and give out our little wands. And we want, you know, the rink crew to get their dresses back on out there this year and get that going. So we're definitely having princess night. I just need everybody to kind of hang tight. So Omaha can, you know, figure it out, get it figured out and um, get back with us to get that done. So do you hear that Brandon? Don't eat too much turkey this weekend so that your dress still fits you after afterwards. I bought a bigger size just for that reason. <laughs> okay. Get, get us. <laughs> have some Velcro in there, there so you, you can go. let it out if you need to. There you go. <laughs> we, we need to get the uh, the penalty box uh, officiants uh, in addresses too. There you go. Pres Stars President Lori Crocker, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, can't wait to see you. I think we have this weekend off, but we'll be back for a, for a – Friday night, Saturday night, double dip. Um, I believe that would be December 4th, which is the night of champions uh, leading up to the teddy bear toss. So talking about promotions, get some people out here. It was a good crowd in here the other night. Uh, you said you didn't get to really watch the game. Not really sure you missed much. So uh, we will. December 3rd is ugly sweater. Everyone wear your ugly sweater December 3rd, next Friday. Or not next Friday, two Fridays from now. Perfect. But Sounds good. Yep. We'll okay. Have a good Thanksgiving, guys. You too. You too. Thanks, Thanks, Lori. Lori. Thanks. All right, Stars fans, welcome back. Uh, Lori had a, got a lot of good information there about what it, what it takes on the business side of, of running this show. Um, she definitely uh, stressed that she does not do the hockey operations of the, of the, the Stars. Yeah, and that's not easy. I mean, that's, we haven't even talked about the cost of keeping ice in a building operational and the cost of shin pads and helmets and sticks and goalie gear and tape and the thing, you know, that was the other thing that they were talking about up in Omaha. They were even making them buy their own stick tape yeah. and sock tape. And so, you know, um, that's all stuff. You go look at the USHL and, and view the things that they, they promised the kids coming into play in this league, the things that they will be provided for them. Um, you know, that's that's something that is a big deal, whether it should be or not. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's one of the things that makes the USHL the USHL. If not, I mean, we're just another, you know, like Luke said, an NA3 team. So. Correct. All right, so here's the thing. We've talked about Omaha. Lucas has talked about it. Lori's touched on it. It's Thanksgiving week. We come out of last week. It was kind of a downer. We played about one-third, not even one, yeah, well, maybe one-third of a game um, of the two we were 
at least scheduled to play. The good news is we continue to find ourselves in second place. Tri-City continues to streak a little bit. They're now five games, five points ahead of us. Uh, see that uh, Des Moines score on Friday night? Yeah, 10, Holy to, two, 10 cow. to 2, 10 to 1, something and like that. And what a promotion they had. Tense goals, the $10 tickets the next game. Seriously. Yeah, that's great promotion right there. That is a great promotion right there. They've, uh, they've done some things up there historically. I remember going down there a few years ago, and they had family night where you get four tickets, four dogs, four pops, four bags of chips for 40 bucks, yep. I think. So, you know, all stuff. I know that we've done things that like that around here, too. Uh, but, you know, it's Thanksgiving week, so let's, let's give some thanks that the Stars remain in second place. Let's give some thanks that Omaha is apparently getting things going and that uh, hopefully those kids up there. By the way, something I don't remember if I mentioned or not, uh, from a billet situation, some of the Stars billets uh, have reached out to the Omaha billets just to make sure that they were okay. They didn't need any help taking care of things. Um, so, you know, we can be we can be arch enemies on the ice, but when you get off the ice, it's about the kids and it's about doing things the right way. And that's something that the Stars organization, the Stars billets are definitely trying to do. Yeah, that the whole Omaha situation was definitely the talk of the hallways on on Friday night here at the Ice Box, and I mentioned to a couple of people that yeah, we. Don't like the Lancers, but we would be cheering for every one of those kids that they were dressed in a Stars uniform. When I heard last Thursday that there was a chance that Lincoln Omaha wasn't going on on Saturday, it, I don't know about you, but it completely sucked the wind out oh, of the yeah. sails. It, I mean, it made the whole weekend kind of a downer. And I, I think, you know, that might have been something that was going on in the players' minds, too. Could you know, be. knowing I'm not, I don't, I don't want to say we looked past, uh, past any games, but Omaha Lincoln's a big deal. It is. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I wondered about that, too. Were we so hyped up to get to play the orange and black here on Saturday night that we had a little bit of a letdown on Friday night? I know that's excuses. Quite frankly, um, I'm not so sure that that loss didn't do us some good on Friday night, but we'll see how we respond when we head to Sioux Falls on Friday night this week. Again, a team that we've kind of had the number of this year. It's another one of the, the bottom feeders. And then we get to play Omaha, who didn't play last weekend, but they continue to nip right at our heels in the standings. Yeah, definitely. Then we come right back and play Omaha Saturday night. So going to be a good weekend. Are you going up to Omaha Saturday, or are you kind of staying at home for the holidays? I will, I will have to see. I got kids back in town from college and all sorts of stuff going on. So I, I'm just going to have to see how that plays out. Uh, yeah, I reached out to the media person. I know he's probably busy with the whole situation going on right there, but um, I, I might make the trip up there. So Can we get press passes, you think? I, I think so. All right, we'll, we'll find out. We'll have to find out. I mean, the, the Youngstown gave their podcast press pause, passes, so, I mean, I want to say we're a little better than them. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no offense. No offense, Sam. I, I know you tune in. You guys do a great job up there, and uh, we're, we're just having fun back and forth. So, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, with that, B.A., I know we didn't talk a lot of actual on-ice hockey today, but I, I kind of feel like that's maybe where we should leave it and just wish everybody uh, – a happy Thanksgiving, and hope everybody gets a chance to sit down, uh, maybe watch a hockey game, maybe watch an NFL game, hopefully watch Nebraska close out the season. They you know, found out earlier today that Adrian Martinez, the season's over, hurt his shoulder, so we'll be seeing the freshman out there on We have on a chance Friday. to win now. Well, that <laughs> could be a strong possibility. We'll see. And I don't know. I don't know about you, but I might be uh, tuning in Hockey TV on Thanksgiving and picking up that Waterloo uh, Cedar Rapids game where I, I believe it's the 50th time they're doing this, so. Really? Yeah. Okay. Did one, not know that. One, one Thanksgiving tradition is always a Waterloo game on I, Thanksgiving. I find myself watching hockey TV a lot. I very much appreciate that service. All right. So we'll see everybody here next week. Hopefully it's after uh, four big points this weekend. Everybody have a good week, and we'll talk to you later.